Seeing our future in space through metaverses. With Tony Calado, host of the Sci-Fi Talk Podcast. Welcome back to the Cosmic Companion. I'm James Maynard. Don't forget. What? Don't forget to tell everyone that this is the premiere of season seven of the Cosmic Companion. No. Can't be seven seasons already, is it? Wow, time flies when you're talking astronomy, huh? So, uh, welcome to our premiere of a season seven of The Cosmic Companion. Yay! Now, to kick off the new year, we're going to be looking at our collective future in space as seen through the new tools of interactive 3D environments and metaverses. Such prescience was once exclusively the hallmark of science fiction. Uh, today, as Star Trek goes into its sixth decade with hit-or-miss series, movies, and episodes, as the Rolling Stones of the fran- sci-fi franchises, a revolutionary new media is taking shape. Later in the episode, we're going to welcome Tony Tolato, host of the Sci-Fi Talk podcast to the show, discussing how the development of metaverses is shaping insights into the future of the human race. Now, science fiction has long given us glimpses of possible futures, some magnificent Andromeda, and others teeming with dystopian visions of science corrupted by those with more authority than insight, Andromeda's strength. Now, today, these prescient visions of Wells, Butler, Weir, and Asimov, and others are joined by a new way of imagining our future among the stars, 3D environments and metaverses offering interactive experiences in any place, time, or world that one can imagine. Virtual worlds and 3D environments are already being used to simulate and test out potential scenarios and situations humans may encounter in space-borne habitations of the future. Virtual worlds can be used to design and examine living quarters, workspaces, and other facilities which could one day be used during long-term missions to other worlds. Astronauts and other space professionals will train in the skills needed to survive and thrive in the harsh environments found beyond our warm, nurturing planet. Intricately crafted 3D and virtual environments could be used to explore and study other planets and celestial bodies such as Mars in a way that is not currently possible through direct physical exploration. Overall, these environments can help us to better understand the challenges and opportunities that our species may face as we continue to explore and utilize space in the future. Next up, we welcome Tony Tolato, host of the Sci-Fi Talk podcast to the show. Looking deep into the universe, we see backwards in time. And the oldest light in the universe holds secrets to how everything around us will, one day, end. Meanwhile, stars, planets, and galaxies dance in an intricate ballet, occasionally giving birth to life. 
We are a fledgling species, just beginning to visit other worlds. We are a way for the universe to understand itself. The Cosmic Companion strives to bring the universe down to Earth, and we depend on your help to make it happen. For information on subscriptions and ways to donate to this program, please visit thecosmiccompanion.net. Thank you. This week for the season premiere of The Cosmic Companion, we are delighted to be joined by Tony Talata. He is one of my favorite podcast hosts, and he is the creator and host of Sci-Fi Talk Podcast. Welcome to the show, Tony. Thank you, James. Very nice, very humble you know, uh, to hear that introduction, but uh, love your podcast as well. Thank you. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about your Night Sky episode, part one that ran, and I know part two, depending on when people listen to this, uh, is either available or going to be available. And uh, I'll give you my personal observations about the Night Sky, too. Excellent. Excellent. I'm looking forward to talking to you about that. But first, let's. Let, I want to hear your origin story. <laughs> What brought you into science and science fiction, and how how'd you get the show started? Well, the uh, I've always had an interest at a young age. Um, really, the Harryhausen films started a little bit of that, and then reading the classics, War of the Worlds, you know, Wells, Verne, Bradbury, all of those. So, started in two thousand five. It was a uh, a podcast. Uh, Somebody told me about podcasting, and I said, what's that? And I started, and I think I had maybe 14 downloads the first uh, the first uh, weekend, and I was like, should I really be doing this? I remember <laughs> those days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, eventually it just, it just grew and grew, and, uh, you know, now we, we, you know, we're all over the world and uh, have a very loyal audience and very grateful for that. Hmm. And so one of the things I love about your website is that it's, there's, um, it says, explain to your show as, quote, and please correct me if I'm, if I'm off, how science fiction, horror, fantasy, and comics help explore our own humanity. Yes. Yeah. So which they've I, been, which they've been doing really since they were, invented you know uh, i've gotten into some really cool conversations with people about that about how those genres really impact our uh, humanity mm. so who do you see as being the great visionaries in, in well definitely gene roddenberry mm. uh i know probably is my favorite visionary um mm -hmm. you know he um he certainly has you know, defined at a time where it wasn't as easily for diversity and inclusion uh, as it has gotten better now. So he was way ahead of his time. Uh, certainly uh, George Lucas, not only for Star Wars, but for Industrial Light and Magic, which changed the way we see special effects. And, um, you know, there's a lot of great directors that have, you know, the James Cameron, I hear this 
new avatar just even pushes the technology even further. So mm. what he's done with motion capture, which is another, you know, revolution. And, uh, and actually I've been talking to uh, the people about, well, I don't know who invented it, but it's called the volume. The volume is, uh, they use it on Star Wars where you can project any digital image like in 360 around the actor. So the actors, instead of saying, you're reacting to a blue screen or a green screen, you're reacting to an actual picture. And I actually just talked to an actor just the other day, Sarah Booth, who was in a Star Trek episode, just this last season, Star Trek Discovery. Mm -hmm. And she said, when you move on the, on the uh, volume, the volume moves with you. So if you go in one direction, it's like you're walking in that direction. So it's really, since digital effects, I think that is the biggest advance and uh, it's changed already on Star Trek and Star Wars and actually the Batman film used it too. So uh, it's really amazing the uses for it. And, you know, that, you know, talking about that technology, the first thing I think of cor about, of course, is the holodeck. Yes, it's close. Trek it's close to the holodeck. I'll tell you, yeah. <laughs> it is close to that, but not quite. The holodeck yeah. is a lot more immer immersive, that's for sure. Right, but it's um, going to say. So, how do you see? I mean, these different. Oh, first, what I'd love to talk to you about, and you've already mentioned the four names here, are are Star Wars, Star Trek, Wells, and Vern. Yes. All right. Now. Mm -hmm. There is always, it seems to me, there's always been this divide in science fiction fans between those who love the moral stories, the adventure stories of, um, of, of uh, Wells and then Star Wars. Yes. And then there's the other half who love the more scientific Vern uh, and Star Trek side mm -hmm. of Star Trek, of, of, of science fiction. So how do these two schools um, feed off each other and contribute to real-world science and discoveries? I, you know, I think it's, um, I think there's room for both. I really do. Uh, because maybe the ones that are not rooted in science it's it sparks something that sometimes we kind of forget the imagination, you know. So mm -hmm. I think that's important. Uh, and as far as the science part of it, um, well, just recently, um, which I'm really excited about, nuclear fusion looks mm -hmm. like it's going to happen. And I remember in Star Trek IV, when they went back in time to save the whales, Spock said to Kirk <laughs> when they were in. He goes, yeah, they use nuclear submarines. They were fission before fusion generators, uh, fusion reactors were developed. So it's like, <laughs> so it's like a lot of times, and that's what they have in common with Wells and Vern. The science end of it is predicting things like that. Vern predicted submarines before they were even available. Going to the moon. I mean, it's something that we've dreamt about. And, and Wells, uh, you know, well, we're we're still kind of working on it, but time travel. Uh, I, uh, think yeah, I was going to uh, say, you know, Artemis just flew loops around the moon, and yeah, 
We're, yeah. we're but we're still waiting for the whole time travel thing. Yeah, we are. We are. Yeah, uh, or, but or maybe yeah. I already invented it fifty years from now. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say definitely not. You can't say that these days. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, and of course, one of the things that I'm really interested now in now is the metaverse, 3D design, 3D, you know, environment, interactive 3D environments where you can go yeah. around and change things and operate yeah. virtual computers. Yeah. Um, how, first of all, how do you see that changing mm -hmm. storytelling? Well, it's going to change it a lot. I mean, already there are, you know, virtual reality games and things. I think the thing that's preventing it from taking off is the, um, is really the, um, you know, the pricing. It's expensive, mm -hmm. but it will come down. And I've, I've experienced a few things. Uh, I covered the Tribeca, like, lab that they had for virtual reality a few years ago before COVID. Mm -hmm. And I did, I actually did a Doctor Who adventure, which was really cool. And they got Jodie Whittaker to actually voice the character. Awesome. And an actor that imitated her moves and things. Right. So you're actually, it takes place totally on the TARDIS. And uh, you even get to use the sonic screwdriver, which was really cool. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was really neat. But then there's there's so many applications, like for example, for um, the, um, there was one where you actually are this, you're in an environment where you're the size of plankton and you can see the vast ocean. And also there's an ecological thing to that one too, where you see the effects of garbage around you and mm. you know how it's overwhelming. There was another one where you could tour the Amazon rainforest. So it was really very enlightening. I did play some 3D video games. The only difference between that and a regular video game is that the environment, you know, is all around you. Uh, but those still have, I think, a ways to go. But uh, I was impressed by this lab in, uh, or company, young company in Texas that's doing it. And they've gotten some really cool games for the younger set that I was really cool about. And then in New York, I went to VR World. And mm. there's one environment where you go into an elevator. And you go all the way up, and then you literally walk this plank, and all around you is the city. And I'll be honest, I couldn't do it the first time. It was like it was like I had a really bad case of vertigo. But then I eventually I said, okay, I'm going to do it. And then I I did it. And then at the very end, when you get to the tip, you're supposed to jump off, and as yeah. you do, all the buildings and stuff, you know, fly by you. Really wild. So uh, yeah, that was. That was fun. I've done lightsaber things, constructing things. Uh, and, you know, the controllers are only going to get better and better uh, nice. as new innovations happen. And even at an airport, my wife and I experienced uh, Facebook's, uh, you know, VR. And we were, you were actually in a tent, I think, in the, in the Himalayas with a family. And they were eating. And it was just, you look all around you and you're just totally immersed. So there's applications for entertainment, for science, uh, for travel. Um, it's just really, you know, it's 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 going to be something I think that'll that 
that'll really be part of everyday lives, closer to the holodeck, but not quite there. <laughs> and I think the um, the opportunities for education. Oh, absolutely! Environment is just incredible. Um, yes. Just, just the night before this is taped, um, I went into an environment uh, within Second Life. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, that someone had designed what a swamp may have looked like sixty million years ago, <laughs> and you know, came across a Titanoboa, you know, which is a forty foot long snakes that lived at that time and it's just you know it's just incredible and we're designing you know worlds um you know in the cosmic companion uh, areas where uh you, you can walk across the lava planet yeah and yeah. learn about geology from from a talking rock <laughs> yeah you know and i just think the uh the, the possibilities for education and especially for me, science education in, in those worlds is just outstanding. Oh, yeah. There's no two ways about it. I know that roller coasters are now tested and designed a little bit in VR so they can mm -hmm. see how the physics all works after they've calculated everything. So, I mean, it's just it's just the end. The possibilities are endless for everyday use. I think once the price comes down, I think. Uh, I think people will be more common. It's actually better now, I think, price-wise than it has been. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but it's still, you know, if you look at comparison to video games, um, you know, the games are kind of expensive too because there's a lot more right. that has to go into it. But uh, yeah, it's really, I'm I'm pretty excited about it and having experienced it in several ways, uh, you just see the possibilities for education is just. You know, and, and having like, instead of like going to the Hayden Planetarium, which I've gone many times in my lifetime, mm -hmm. uh, imagine just seeing the solar system and beyond, you know, with a headset on and you're like floating in space and seeing all that. And what a great way for younger minds to learn about the uh, the solar system and see what a comet looks like, an asteroid, all that. The possibilities are just amazing for education. Absolutely. And of course, before there was second life for the metaverse, it was real life. And from what I hear, it's still out there somewhere. Uh, and yes. you, ta you talked about loving amateur astronomy, and I'd, I'd love to hear more about that and how you how you came into it. And, and well, yeah, I, I've always, you know, I guess since I was a kid taking me to uh, the Hayden Planetarium, but a couple of years ago, my wife and I were in Sedona, Arizona, which mm -hmm. is a beautiful place. Yes. And it turns out they had a night where they had an astronomer bring a really nice, huge microscope, uh, a telescope, I should yeah. say. And for the very first time, through my own eyes, I got to see Saturn in, mm -hmm. through this telescope. So that was like pretty amazing. And then the constellations there were amazing. I think Hercules was prominent at the time. So, uh, but yeah, it's something I've always loved to do. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a child of the Gemini and the Apollo programs and following all of those. So I know your, your dad worked on some of those, but, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, and even the shuttle, you know, um, you know, it's, it's the highs and lows, uh, with, unfortunately the challenger, uh, 
you know, disaster and, and the one following too. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's cool. It's cool yeah. stuff. I, I love there. The science is part of science fiction. So you have to, it helps if you like both. <laughs> Absolutely. And so uh, finally, uh, how do, how do we use the tools and the arts that we have available to us through science fiction and fantasy to help bring about a more positive future for humanity? Well, I'll tell you, um, I, I can tell you this from a personal standpoint. I was living in Newark at the time, and there were, this was 1967, and there were riots. And I remember watching Star Trek after you know like a few weeks later and there is uh, a shot on the we're on the bridge where the turbo shaft opens and an african-american man walks by and then captain kirk follows as if nothing it was just part of the regular routine and you know race relations were not very good at the time and it was like wow they figured it out we should be able to figure it out so that's how it can impact, um, you know, through the stories. Star Trek had a lot of moral stories. And even the Twilight Zone did, too, the original and, and the later ones, too. So it informs us about what we can be and even informs us about kind of our the bad things we need to correct. You know, um, I remember Planet of the Apes made a huge impact on me watching that in the movie theater and then seeing the Statue of Liberty and, and like, wow, that was quite a moment. So, you know, it can show us the best parts of us and the worst parts of us. So, and I, I tried to showcase that a little bit on Sci-Fi Talk with the people I talk to. And, um, you know, humanity always comes into every conversation and it just happens to be that way because it science fiction all those genres really comment on the human condition and what the human condition is about and what we strive for that. I, I think we want to be better. I don't think we want to just stagnate. I think we want to be better than we are and, uh, and keep going forward. So. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's fabulous. And with that thought, uh, we're going to sign off. And thank you so much for being on the show, Tony. It was fabulous talking with you. Yeah, it's my pleasure, James. You do a great job. And looking forward to part two of, uh, of your Night Sky uh, podcast. I think that'll be good. Excellent. Excellent. And that was uh, Tony Tolato, creator and host of the Sci-Fi Talk podcast. Check them out at uh, scifitalk.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, since the late 19th century, science fiction has been divided into two large camps, which still exist today. Jules Verne created novels full of science fiction based in science, while H.G. Wells imagined more fanciful moral tales emphasizing the fiction arm of the genre. Today, a similar dichotomy is best known from the stories of uh, Star Trek versus Star Wars. Another way to think about this is Technobabble versus 
What do you mean, metachlorians? Now, metaverses are also home to a wide range of different experiences, each with its own balance of science and fiction. The Cosmic Companion virtual experiences that we've put together are examples of these two sides of the science fiction coin. A large glass-domed media room, completely impractical in real life, is an entranceway to a more realistic lunar base of the future. Uh, the earliest forays into space by human beings were spent in small, cramped craft for short periods of time. Today, the International Space Station encompasses over 900 cubic meters of space, the equivalent of nine semi-trailer trucks, and has been inhabited for over two decades. The first people to live long-term inside bases on the surface of the moon or Mars are likely to spend their time in fairly cramped quarters. But now, most of us have done it at some point in our life, in some point in our life or another, haven't we? I mean, am I right? But over time, living situations will become more comfortable and homey. Even pets will be part of our lives beyond our home world. This is a feeling we can already see in metaverses. And personalized decor and style will be more pronounced as communal living eases in favor of smaller units for singles or families. Like those crew cabins found on deck 6 through 12 of Galaxy-class starships like the Enterprise D? Uh, Nerd alert. Yeah. Hey, did you see what was on deck 11? Yeah, that's all right. The holodeck. Now that's the place where everyone creates 3D virtual worlds around them, living out any experience they can imagine. The future of metaverses as told in sci-fi. How meta! Next week, we imagine predators from space! Life on other worlds is likely to be far different from the life forms we find here on Earth. However, hunters are quite possible, if not probable, anywhere complex life develops. We're going to welcome Shark Week regular Paul DeGelder to the show discussing sharks, life, death, and predators from space! Take a bite out of that show starting on the 14th of January. If you enjoyed this episode of The Cosmic Companion, please feel, feel free to check out our other episodes at thecosmiccompanion.net. Hey, subscribe to our newsletter while you're there. Yeah. Feel free to comment, share, follow, like, send large sums of money to, or even boost our show. You are what makes this show possible. Well, you know, you and a lot of coffee. Clear skies.